Welcome to Call Me Talk Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Welcome back to another episode of Call Me Talk Podcast, the Buy Side Show. I'm your host, Alex. First time guest, happy to have you here. And to my returning listeners, thanks for joining me. On this Buy Side Show, I talk a bit about the Arsenal game and then pick out my top three Arsenal players who I think were great in the game and one player I considered the odd one who just had a poor game or not good enough, who just needs to be called out. Champions League round of 16, Arsenal away at Porto's ground. What a deflating and infuriating loss. We have not had good fortunes in knockout stages in European competition. Granted, for Champions League, we have a squad of inexperienced players who haven't been in this stage at this point in a while or I don't think in memory they have been at all but this quality of players that we have they're really well suited for the challenge on changing the lineup goes to show how thin we are and at this point I would consider Zinchenko and Jesus as the only players who can slot back in if they were fit enough because they've played quite a lot they know the players that they get to play with and the others who are just getting back into game shape, they still need to stack up a lot of minutes to be really considered match fit, at least the way I see it. Yes, it's good to have them, but they still need a lot of ways to go before we can really consider them a great option to, to be thrown into the game. As the game started, early yellow card for, for Declan Rice, that was just a very odd way for the game as as we just said looking at things Arsenal try to fill out Porto as they would expect them to show their aggressiveness but that didn't last long at all I mean Porto gave Arsenal fits closing down the middle aggressively pushing us back a lot as we were on the ball they kept a tight shape I mean defensively they were superb a lot of mentions I'm going to have today it's just what the game entailed how Porto really dictated every part of the tempo, every part of the fight, everything, every duel, every aspect of game formation, game tactics. Porto had their imprint on how they would move Arsenal. Arsenal weren't their sharpest either. So many passes in build-up phases, which never really developed through the game. Porto's press kept us in an off-balance mode it was as expected. Yes, they had the high energy playing in their home turf. We expected a lot of that. We managed it for the most part, but it wasn't easy at all. Arsenal didn't get a chance to receive the ball, turn upfield to the attacking third, and that Saka mostly. In every chance that we got the ball, it was always making sure we didn't lose it. Do the, We did lose the ball quite a few times, but we recovered and tried to regain ourselves back. But in the most uncomfortable situations. At a point, the game settled on defensive plays. Arsenal working their hardest in stopping their wingers driving forward. And on the other hand, Porto cut off a lot of passing lanes for Odegaard and Havertz. And to that effect, Trussard was non-existent. Saka, whenever he got on the he got on the ball, was pushed all the way back across the half into into positions that needed him to reset himself to receive the ball and drive forward. So this was a defensive matchup. Porto swarm in and looking to pick off Rice and Odegaard's pockets in the middle kept us off rhythm. 
more than one occasions and without options to generate driving paths into their box. Their close down was a strength going for them in this game and their pace as well, possibly placing a deal of caution for Arsenal as we try to get upfield. Again, as I alluded, Porto did so many things to affect how we were going to manage the game and get ourselves into attacking positions or grow our attacking rhythm, which barely showed itself in the first half. Arsenal hardly terrorized Porto's defense. They weren't tested at all. Credit to them, where's due, because they just they stacked up defensively, tight shape. We couldn't break, it, break them down. And as the game just kept on at the 21st minute of the first half, it was a pale-faced moment for me with quite a shock. Seeing an off-the-post shot miss all travels into Arsenal's net, but just away from it. It should have been 1-0 Porto, without a doubt. And Saka's ball watching there was horrible. I mean, that may have lost Arsenal a bit of confidence there. And with the best moment, that felt like they were ready to strike the first blow with that first shot attempt and it really was there for for them to take it. We needed a lot of Harvard's runs that we know is so crucial for us in our attacking phases, but we hadn't gotten time on the ball for those moves to initiate. When Big Gabby or Saliba had the ball, they just could they couldn't really make those crosses when those runs were happening. And again, credit to the way Porto put that pressure on us and made us relieve those ball situations and get things off to restart again. The aggressiveness was overbearing, no doubt. That was how the game was dictated. Off-balance passes, out-of-sync plays, and rather blunt passes stymed Arsenal's attack. Not given an inch to play through. No breathing room at all. I mean, that's the whole story of the game, folks. Odegaard had not gotten room for service in the deep right pocket to link up with Saka or get, you know, Troussard or Harvard a little bit closer because the way they had set us up, as we know, Odegaard has to pick up the ball, link up with these attackers. As much as he would drop deep to pick it up, there just wasn't any connection. And the alternate routes was so much for sweeping recovery balls and making sure that we can position ourselves to drive forward. And that just kept getting cut off in so many situations. Porto won most of the second balls as well. Martinelli... Looking like the better outlet for attack than Saka just wasn't as effective or trying to get those drives in box and get the other players in as well. I mean, this was total shutdown, block shots and passes intercepted at every turn. Arsenal's corners, whenever a shot got blocked by Porto, was a production of dramatic scenes than set-piece attempts. So much pantomime by Porto was defending. Just really ugly. So the game burnt through the first half so quickly and that that was it. Time was called. First half done. Second half, I saw more Arsenal's frustrated plays grow and they couldn't find the rhythm to attack. They, they couldn't find that window to break through and get a stronghold in how they would, you know, maintain some position to attack, to drive, to make a short attempt, to make something show a test. That just didn't happen. And then, on the other hand, the ref was just inclined to brandish yellow cards for the least amount of contact. I mean, frustration on the play, frustration on the game just started mounting. And it looked like a 1-0 type of game. 
a draw at least. But, you know, we just kept we kept fighting. That's just exactly what we had to do. Martinelli had brighter runs than Saka to make an impact, but that often ended in broken plays. Again, frustrations. Martinelli had those chances to make something happen. I'm not expecting him to be the solo hero, but this was an opportunity for him to really show that he is up in the in the echelon of better attackers and the quality and everything that we talk about how brilliant Arsenal has been for this competition, for this game. It is totally a complete beast. I know that, but the expectations are warranted. And the pace that Martinelli had was the best answer we could give Porto to break down every defensive position that they had placed, their formations, the way they had stacked up. It just called for Martinelli to really unleash hell for them, but that just didn't happen. Porto didn't let up their aggressions either. They grew stronger in the game, driving into Arsenal's box, displaying better control on the ball than Arsenal did. So imagine strongly strongly defensively shaped, aggressive in the middle, pushing us all the way back, and having better control. I mean, you could say everything was just advantage Porto. As the game went on, this was the game called for Jorginho, but I think it was ideal to get him later in the game because he would not have matched Porto's pace. Not with their press in the middle, the way that they would drive and try to, you know, dispossess us from the ball, which they did. And it kind of stretched Declan Rice to make those coverage on both sides. And, you know, it was the best situation to get him much later in the game. And ideally, it would have been better if we if he came into the game where we had the lead, scored, or did some, some more in, in terms of attack. As he got into the game, it looked better for Arsenal just in the aspects of managing the ball, but not an attack, as, as, as we just hoped for, but nothing. The Gunners tried different things, but nothing worth noting happened. Then, Dark Arts was at its best, frustrating Arsenal, frustrating everything that we try to do, breaking up the game flow and every, every tactics that we tried to come up with. While we didn't experience the same intensity, Arsenal weren't close in making an attempt. Then, towards the tail end of the second half, into the final 10 minutes of that game, of the game, I thought we would either mount a, ter- a charge or just hold off any kinds of, you know, attacking threat. Turns out that we were now, at, this, at that point, settling for a draw. I'm not sure if it's to call it lost concentration but to concede in the dying minutes of the game, literally. I, I, it, uh, I hope they contain their rage to unleash hell back at the Emirates in this, in this return game because just conclude the game 1-0 in that fashion at everything that had happened all through the game. I mean, I could have been sitting here talking about a draw with the frustration, but at least crediting the team in suppressing all the aggressiveness that Porto had given for the most part. But conceding in that situation was just bad. This, these are the kinds of events that has so much more consequences. But I definitely hope that it's not going to be for Arsenal because we have a lot riding for us and we have a lot to prove. And that was it for the game. So for my top three performance, I'm just going to say this right now. It was pretty much 
the best out of the bunch situation because as you can tell there weren't bright sparks in the game there weren't bright moments there weren't great highlights there weren't really noteworthy attacking situations for Arsenal throughout the game it was defensive close-ups defensive you know neutrality interceptions closing out a lot of that first player rice there is nothing about this game that didn't stand out without rice being in around the ball closing down the wingers staying in the middle to clean you know sweep off all the attacking threat and he was doing it alone because this was a sole defensive position that he had having Troussard and Havertz go forward. Credit to Harvard's coming back and supporting in, in most situations. We know we needed him up top. So it was Rice doing all that work and credit to him for really making such a great effect and dispossessing in situations where they had to drive into our own box. Second player, Big Gabby. Defensively, he was the best. He was the best in the back line, doing the most in sweeping and driving, trying to make those you know, swing passes and long balls to Havertz and Martinelli. The times when those connected, it just didn't work through as you'd expect. So a lot more defensive plays than we saw any attacking flow. And that was it for him. My final player, Odegaard, he did everything worthy of a good recognition off the ball, when he got on the ball, as he tried to get everyone into the game, some of the some of the passing decisions were good. When he served to Saka to, Saka, to drive into the box, and you know it was just right close into the last ten minutes of the game that we at least even considered a, a, a shot worth mentioning or even noticing. And even after we considered the, that goal, everything was just lost. It was done. The consciousness of Settling for the for a draw looked like it was there, but just yes, as I said earlier, inexperience comes in different shapes and sizes. This was one of those. Hopefully, that's what it turned out to to be because it's so easy to to point a finger at a player and how they dropped in concentration and everything. But the ball was driv- driven back into our half. He got time on the ball and he just let off a shot. So. It, it was a collective. So that's how I'm going to leave it without making it any worse than it was. All I am really hoping for is for the containment of the rage for it to be repaid back in the return game in Emirates. And there is so much to learn from this because now we are facing a tall task with a very tight defensive team. Credit enough to them with what they did. So we're going to wait for that. Folks, We've lost this game. We just close this chapter. We look up for every other possibility. And, you know, hopefully this is more of a blessing in disguise where we really know exactly what we're going to be dealing with and how we would respond to them in time. And hopefully we have some key players back in to really change the whole dynamic. So, and so, and so with that, I'll wrap it for today's episode. Talk to you all later. Take care and bye.